0: Visit www.baesystems.com bae systems. com slash fastlabs. All right, welcome to From the Crow's Nest a podcast on electromagnetic spectrum operations. I'm your host, Ken Miller, Director of Advocacy and Outreach for the Association of Old Crows. And we are here live at AOC 2021, our 58th annual international symposium and convention. Thanks for listening. I want to thank our episode sponsor uh, for today, uh, Samtech. Samtech is an international supplier of RF, signal integrity and flexible power connectors. They provide exceptional service, quality products, and convenient design tools. Samtech understands that taking care of their customers and their employees is paramount, which makes them a leader in the connector industry. So my guest today for this episode uh, from the Crow's Nest here at AOC 2021 is Brigadier General Anne-Marie Anthony. Uh, She is the Director of Operations for Joint Electromagnetic Spectrum Operations at U.S. Strategic Command. Uh, And before I welcome her onto the show, uh, she is going to be serving on a panel this afternoon uh, uh, discussing the electromagnetic spectrum superiority strategy. Uh, And for our listeners, we just recently had an episode with Brigadier General uh, Darren Lalub, who is the uh, deputy director of the EMSO CFT. He's going to be chairing that session with Brigadier General Anthony along with uh, Ms. Harris from the Office of the CIO and Mr. David Tremper. So we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, that session this afternoon and a little bit about where we are going uh, in STRATCOM on EMSO. Uh, uh, so Brigadier General Anthony, thank you for joining me here on From the Crow's Nest.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm glad to be here.
0: All right, so let, let's start a little bit to help EMSO. Uh,
1: oh, certainly. So let's first start with the Joint um, Electromagnetic Warfare Center. Uh, This organization, kind of kindly referred to as the JUKE, has two main uh, responsibilities, support to the combatant commands for electromagnetic spectrum operation, as well as international engagements. For support to the combatant commands, they provide training to include include mobile training teams on electromagnetic spectrum operations, and they even teach an electromagnetic theater operations uh, course. And as we're standing up under the implementation plan, a a new concept at each of the combatant commands called the Joint Electromagnetic Operations Cells. These are cells typically of about anywhere from six to 10 people that support that combatant commands um, planning, situational awareness and command and control of the electromagnetic spectrum. And the JUKE provides the training for these cells. As far as operational support goes, they are there for on-call EMS planning, as well as modeling and simulation support. And they also have a final role. They are the operational manager for the electromagnetic battle management tool and the data fusion effort. So they are the ones, and this the EMBM, electromagnetic battle management tool, is a tool that's going to be used by the GEMSOC. And what the JUKE does is make sure that that operational view is infused in all part of the tool development. And
0: so they, they provide kind of that reach back expertise for the operators out in the field and then be able to transition they what actu- they learn. In, into the into the capabilities that go back out to the field for the solution.
1: Correct. They actually, it's even more than reach back. They will they work directly with the GEMSOC personnel and bring them in to test out the software. And so we're making sure that that operational view, that operational need, is infused in the entire program.
0: And so everything is seamless because the the theme to obviously for this week is all domain operations. So we don't fight in one domain anymore, that's all at the same time. So the JUKE the really makes sure that we have that ability to uh, have that advantage across all the domain, warfighting domains through this spectrum.
1: Correct, correct. So they're, they're doing that training and that support. Um, the other kind of important thing is that the international engagement aspect, and I know this is the Association of Old Crows International Symposium. And so they work with NATO to make sure that the NATO EMS um, Their superiority strategy is aligned with the US's um, EMS strategy. And they also work closely with Australia to bring some electromagnetic spectrum operations into their joint uh, operations center. And through this work with Australia, this uh, bilateral agreement has actually expanded to a Five Eyes working group. So they really are kind of our arm that's out there making sure that we're working with our our allies and partners to ensure interoperability through the electromagnetic spectrum.
0: So, so that now that and, and that's the Juke now, the, the other organization, of course, is JPEC uh, or but I think that's undergoing under a cha- a name change here. So could you tell us a little bit about what they do and, and what's going on with, with that change?
1: Sure. So um, it's actually now we refer to it as the JSEER, which is the Joint Center for Electromagnetic Readiness. And they kind of throughout their history have kind of evolved. They they started as like an experiment for like advanced con- uh, advanced combat concepts. And now what they're morphing into, especially through the implementation plan, is a Blue Force assessor. So they look and develop Blue Force tactics, techniques, and procedures, as well as assess uh, Blue Force readiness, really answering that question, are we ready and able to operate in a complex electromagnetic operating environment?
0: Um, So, now, you're going to be on the panel this afternoon with uh, Ms. Harris from the CIO, uh, Office of the CIO, um, who I'm going to interview a little bit later this morning, uh, and and Brigadier General Lola um, and David Tremper to talk about this uh, electromagnetic spectrum superiority strategy. And yesterday, on one of our uh, Show Daily episodes, uh, when we were talking about, like, what do you expect for today being day two— uh, they said, you know, day one is kind of strategy. Day two is rolling up your sleeves and who's going to do that, who's going to do the work. And, and basically your panel is, are the people responsible for doing the work of the strategy. So I wanted to get your thoughts on what is the message that you're going to deliver at this uh, important session this afternoon? And, and what do you want attendees and listeners to know about how the role that StratCom is playing in this overall mission?
1: So you're right. I I would refer to the people that are on the panel this afternoon um, as the doers. Um, As you know, uh, Brigadier General Darren LaLaw led the team that developed the implementation plan. And Ms. Vernita Harris, she's in charge of the policy and governance for electromagnetic spectrum. Uh, I represent STRATCOM as the operational lead. And I think what I want the attendees to walk away with um, is that... As you look at the group, um, including uh, Dave Tremper from OSDANS, he does the acquisition of um, EW uh, programs. Is that we are a group that are, we're working together. Uh, this isn't the first time I've met anybody. This isn't even the first time that we've all sat on a panel together because we work hand in glove every day to realize what the electromagnetic. Spectrum Superiority Strategy uh, laid out. We, it really is D.C. governance to the warfighter coming together um, to advance in that in the EMS arena. Uh,
0: in, in January of this year, we had uh, another series, of uh, AOC leadership series, and we had uh, the vice chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, uh, General Hyten. Uh, he spoke to the AOC, and uh, he, he said something that extremely interesting uh, that I 100% agree with um, because there's been a lot of talk about, you know, where does MSOEW EW fit in the in the, in DoD and the joint and joint service? Uh, and he said, the first thing we have to do, a quote, the first thing we have to do is make STRATCOM whole in the EW community because they are under resourced, undermanned, and not fully capable of performing the MSO duties they've been given. Um, and that was in January, and and we you've had a we've had a, a really busy, productive year. Um, could you talk a little bit about efforts that you're excited about in, that are coming to fruition to make MSO whole in StratCom and 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 kind of what do you see uh, in, in, the, in, in the future on that front?
1: Oh, certainly. So the, you're right, this has been an exciting year. And I think probably the most important thing that happened this year was the signing of the implementation plan. And that implementation plan outlines the steps to make StratCom whole. So I kind of look at it in three different ways. It makes our responsibilities whole. So up until now, U.S. uh, Strategic Command's UCP responsibility was advocacy. And with the implementation plan, it expands our responsibilities into the operational realm and the training realm. So we have our responsibilities whole in this particular mission area. The second thing it does, it makes us organizationally whole. We are standing up the Joint EMSO Center. This will be a two-star-led direct report organization to the commander of STRATCOM, and their job is to do electromagnetic spectrum operations for the joint force. So once we have those responsibilities whole, we have that organization whole, now we know what resources we need to make it whole, and we're also working on that as well. So I think it's a really exciting time to be involved in electromagnetic spectrum operations at STRATCOM as we stand up this new organization with the new responsibilities and the appropriate resources.
0: And uh, so so our, later, in, later in the day, I'm gonna have the opportunity to have a fireside chat with uh, M- Michelle Flournoy. And uh, she has a long distinguished career, um, really kind of at the strategic level, but she's, she's another person who's really kind of rolled up her sleeves and taken responsibility through QDRs and, and other uh, strategic efforts with DOD transformation. Um, and you were talking about resources, you know, we, we'll, we want to get to the point where we understand the resources that we need to, to do the job. Um, and that's going to require a lot of DOD-wide Transformation in terms of being able in, in very uncertain and uh, challenging, and oftentimes uh, with conflicting budget uh, priorities. Like how how do you define those? What what resources you need, and how do you transform DOD to get there? So, what are some of the things that you would like to hear, or you expect to hear from Ms. Flournoy this afternoon, as someone who's uh, shepherded a lot of this stuff over thirty years, twenty years? Um, what are some things that you think looking forward in terms of DOD wide? that, from an operational perspective, you, need, you want to see th- coming through STRATCOM?
1: Well, so, you know, as Admiral Richards stated in his posture statement um, earlier this year, the electromagnetic spectrum is an infinite battleground um, enabling warfighter in all domains and functions. And adversaries like China and Russia have paid attention um, to our use and dependence on the electromagnetic spectrum and do seek to challenge our uh, dominance in that area. So, what I would like to see is that um, as we look to counter this threat, the US continues to advance um, technology in the electromagnetic. Uh, spectrum realm realm for our systems, and we execute capabilities through dedicated organizational elements. And, and I really do believe that the Department of Defense um, signing the implementation plan is a great step forward to realizing this. Great.
0: Well, and, and one one last question, um, and it's, it's it's more of a personal nature. We, we didn't get it. we were we were talking a little bit before we we started recording, and I didn't get to ask you the question that I wanted to ask you uh, before we press record. But that's on podcasts because we're here on we're. <laughs> Here on from the crow's nest, and 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 uh, when we were talking yesterday, like I love podcasts. I'm a pod consumer podcast. So uh, one of our other efforts is the history of crows, um, military history. So I was wondering, like, you know, what are some of the what are some of the podcasts that you like to listen to? That uh, you know, because we I love to have the continue these conversations with you. We were talking about really getting the stories of war fighters uh, here on from the crow's nest and our history of crows podcast to tell the story. How how important is it for um, to, to be able to tell the story so that we can refer to our history um, as a key pathway to where we're going.
1: So, you know, as you said, uh, I am, I, I call myself a podcast nerd. I love to listen to podcasts, particularly history podcasts. And, and I think one of the great things about podcasts is they they pull out those personal stories. So when you told me that the Association of Old Crows was going to be start to record um, different Stories, you know, the good, you know, the not so good, the funny, um, the unique. I think to have that history and to have those stories available is going to be incredibly important, not only for. Just having it to refer back to, but I think to help younger generations understand the history of of electromagnetic spectrum operations, where we started, where we're going now, and probably help them see better where we need to go to the future. So I, I'm actually looking forward to listening to your <laughs> the AOC history podcast, and, and, and
0: we'll have you on for uh, <laughs> to, to to tell some of those stories because I'm sure you have a lot of good ones. <laughs> but uh, it's been really interesting on on doing that uh, that podcast because. You've learned the role that EW has played, um, and we have many mottos, like the first in, last out. Like, what does that really mean? And when you hear the stories of people who have been there or closely associated, uh, the role of EW in D-Day is something I've never heard. But when you think about it, of course electronic warfare played a huge role in that. It had to have. Um, and it's a story that is just really exciting to hear. So uh, I'll, I'll welcome you on the, on on that uh, in in the future. But thank but but thank you for taking time out of your busy day here uh, and joining me. I know you've got some other meetings coming up, and of course the session. So uh, do appreciate you taking time to join me here on from the Crow's Nest at AOC 2021.
1: Well, well, thank you so much for having me, and uh, and thank you for the Association of Old Crows for for putting on these podcasts and and educating uh, the general public on on what we do.
0: Well, that will conclude this episode uh, from the Crow's Nest here at AOC 2021. I want to thank our episode sponsor, Samtech. Samtech is the service leader in the connector industry. Again, I just want to uh, put in a word that we will be back for future episodes later today, uh, including uh, an interview with uh, Ms. Harris from the office of the CIO, uh, as well as a fireside chat with uh, Michelle Flournoy later in the afternoon. Uh, as always, you can learn more at crows.org slash 2021 home. Thank you for listening. Fast Labs, powered by BAE Systems, is at the forefront of advanced technology and defense research development and production. They're pushing boundaries, breaking barriers, and innovating for a safer world. Check them out at www.baesystems.com slash FastLabs.